excited for that. <laughs> Playing twice. Oh no, it's me. Fucking hell. That's me. Right. Oh, are we live? <laughs> We're live. <laughs> We're live. This is evening. A program. We've got five people watching. Uh, Adam's in chat. Hello, Adam. So, right. Did you say you had some? We're going to do. We're going to do the uh, the warm open again, aren't we? For half an hour until our guest gets here at half past oh, eight, no. aren't we? It's all gone quiet. No, oh. no, we're all fine. Oh, you're... No, you're I'm... cutting out for Am me. Am I chopping again? Oh, talk for a sec, and then I'll just restart uh, thingy. All right. So we've had technological issues. No, I'm sorted now. Am I sorted now? Have I stopped being choppy? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Am, um... I choppy? Am I choppy still, lads? No, you sound good now. Oh, that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still sort of getting over. I had a sort of nice day today, a sort of mystical day, in that I walked I walked about a bit, and that was really early in the morning, and there was a, like a really red sky in the morning. I know red sky in the morning, shepherd's warning, but I, I quite like red in the morning. So I was thinking that well, the red sky was above me, and I was thinking, like, red's quite a good colour, and... I like red. And I went in the off-license and there was this new girl in there with like really, really long red hair, like one of the Vril, Vril maidens. And uh, I thought, that's quite nice. You know, red sky, red hair and nice girl. So I'm sort of like riding the crest of that at the moment. Might not mean much to anyone else, but I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> So, did we? I think we actually discussed the other day about uh, some sort of ideas for what we wanted to talk about. What did we say? The red, uh, not uh, London Bridge. London Bridge. Yes, you, you had some. Of, uh, you had some stuff about London Bridge, didn't you? I've been doing a bit of because, uh, like now, now it's later on, and most of the news about the events probably been reported. I, I thought like we could have a sort of a look at. Not necessarily what it really means, but um, a sort of lateral thinking sort of thing, just about the whole thing. I know it's very tragic and all that. And I don't want to, I don't want to be disrespectful, and I won't be. But it's just, I like to think about these things because I think often there's more to these things than meets the eye. I think a lot of these things have embedded. If I go into my schizo mode for a moment, I think a lot of these things have embedded codes in them, and things like that, like. Well, there's that. Which um, sounds cra crazy. Do you, but... do you listen to the high side chats, Zero? I used to, yeah. Yeah, he has you that Swedish fella me, on, but... um, and he says that that um, that the Illuminati like like to leave clues in like number plates and mm. uh, and things like that. So yeah, they say you got to do. Um, well, what's it called? You have got to leave a warning in plain sight, even if in plain sight mm. is. Frankly, a bit suspect, like putting it in art and media. It, it dates back um, all this sort of stuff, the media and all that. I think it dates back to James Shelby Downard, the the American conspiracy researcher, and he 
he did a lot of this stuff on the JFK assassination. And uh, well, that's that's where the that's where the phrase that's where the phrase conspiracy theory comes from, doesn't it? It was to um, it was just an easy way to offhandedly get get rid of um, those those pesky people that didn't didn't think of yeah. the, the assassination. The CIA invented the term, didn't they? Yeah, the CIA invented. It's an early example of neurolinguistic programming. Yeah. So you've got this trigger phrase. Ah, oh, that's conspiracy theory. Oh, well, I best shut down my thinking then. Yeah, I'm con- I'm convinced they do. I'm co- I'm convinced that the English language is is a is a mag- not necessarily a magical. Well, it is. I think it is magical. But I think the very the very language itself contains within it an esoteric system. Because if you think about it, like say say you're some sort of group of initiates or whatever, like back in back in Shakespeare's time, you know they were they're quite learned men, weren't they? And they you know, obviously there was no TV and that, so they got into things, didn't they? And I think I think they encoded the 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 system in the actual language itself. Because if you've got a grimoire or, or a holy book, that can be edited and messed with, or even just just like burns you know so wouldn't it be a genius thing to encode the their esoteric system in the language itself well hopefully it's um if that if that's the case you know it hasn't been uh perverted too much across the um eons mm. because there's words now which do not mean the same things and words back then which we just don't use anymore i mean does it you ever heard anybody use the word lummox yeah, you heard that with you. So I looked it up what it was. It's like oaf, but it's only Ren and Stimpy I ever heard the word lummox being used. What does it mean then? Oh, it just means a lumbering oaf, more or less. So I forgot what I was going to say now. Uh, yeah, no. I'm talking about how uh, magic yeah, is encoding yeah. the language itself. What I use is just it's called the ordinal cipher, where A equals one, B equals two, C equals three, etc., up to Z equals twenty-six. And I only tend to use like really old words, which would be which would have been in use back in Shakespeare's time. Mm. And there's twenty-six letters in the English alphabet, and by this ordinal cipher, twenty-six is the number value of God, which to me is it's quite a good proof. There's more to it. Than that. I wrote a really long article on it, but I, I can't really get into it here. But I think there's certainly something to it. And like people have told, people have criticised me and said, like, well, that's just too simple. But surely, like in engineering, like the simplest thing is the best, isn't it? Surely. But, I mean, uh-huh. if, if it does what you what you set out to do, and you've made it as simple as possible, there's elegance to that. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it's just it's a case of is it doing what you want it to do? Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, definitely. Mm. There's a whole, there's a whole. Uh, like I don't want to get too off the point here, but there's a whole thing. You know, like Alistair Crowley and his Book of the Law, and there's a whole cipher encoded in that, which people do say they use to uh, communicate with extraterrestrials through it. And that's the whole. Think- yeah, I mean, you say that he was seeing communication. Was it Lamb? Lamb yeah. looks a lot like the grey aliens we yeah. hear of. That's that's there, isn't it? In black and white. Yeah, it's quite odd. Mm-hmm. 
Alan H. Greenfield, the man for that, that the cipher of the Book of the Law, he, he wrote a book called Secret Ciphers of the UFO Noughts and Secret Rituals of the Men in Black, which you can buy on Amazon. Like, the two books are in one volume, but it's a very bad job. That, that was published by Paranoia Press in America, but they've done a very bad job. The book's, like, really massive, with, like, really massive margins where they should have just made it a trade paperback size, but... I suppose you can scribble stuff in the big margins. But... I've never, whenever I've had a book, I've never felt compelled to scribble stuff on it. No, I don't know. Sacrilege, isn't it, really? Yeah, it just doesn't seem right somehow. I sometimes oh. like it when I buy a second-hand book. Like I just bought John Paul Sartre's Nausea second-hand, and someone's, like, underlined stuff in there. And sometimes that's sort of interesting. But I would, oh, I'd yeah, never I've do it myself. Yeah, I'd never do it myself, but... Yeah, they've gone over it with a highlighter or something like that. Yeah. I'm looking and I just think to myself, why on earth did they highlight that passage? Yeah, highlighting's a bit much. John Paul Sartre always reminds me of Red Dwarf. That when we, when, was it List, was it Lister says, uh, John Paul Sartre said, hell is eternity with your friends. And Rimmer says, yeah, but all his friends were French. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, knowing the French, I can understand why they get on your tits. <laughs> that that bloke I knew, who I think was in that cult of death, he was really in a John Paul Sartre. Yeah, he was a weird bloke. <sighs> I never read any of these philosophers. I always have. I, I like to pretend it's all big brains, and it's like, oh, I wouldn't want their uh, influence to uh, colour my own philosophy. But really, it's just like I can't be asked reading their walls. Yeah. I know what you mean. I've, I've sort of tried to read a bit. Yeah, it's just like, God, I don't know. I mean, there's people that rant and rave about Bronze Age mindset, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. He's got a peculiar turn of phrase, which I find entertaining, but I can't be asked to read the rest of the book. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that for no. people without their own philosophy? You need philosophers. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I mean, I, I think... You know, there the probably is something you, you could learn from them or just go, oh, yeah, that's a clever way of thinking about stuff. I I like that, but I just I don't have an appetite for it. Having said that, though, I do quite like Nietzsche. That's that's quite good stuff if, if you're in the mood sort of thing. But... Oh, yes, in the original Esperanto. <laughs> in the original Esperanto. What's that? <laughs> in the original Esperanto, oh, just... he said. It's oh, just, he, 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 it's a bit hard to. He does go on a bit, doesn't he? But I don't oh, do, you, do you remember that? I mean, I think I might end up Red Dwarf posting tonight. But do you remember when uh, when <laughs> River was doing Esperanto and he said he says something in Esperanto? He says, "You know what that means, don't you? It means call call the hall porter. There's a frog in my b day." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was always fun when River was just um, trying to just do Esperanto and you always got it mangled up. Um, but you, 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 hey, Zero, you know that meme that goes around, like saying, oh, of course, I, I read this uh, Nietzsche, but I did it in the original German. I don't know. So that's like... why I just say, uh, I, I read it, but in the original Esperanto. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, that's the problem. Like sometimes like our movement try. Gets into becoming a bit of a fart sniffing movement, doesn't it? 
Well, you just have to accept with the extremely online people that the more online they are, the more autistic they are. And <laughs> autistic people tend to be very much into fart sniffing and um, serious posting. I think being online seems to sort of, the more you're online, the less you're sort of physically here in the real world, isn't it? Like, obviously, but that, I think with a lot of these people, that it's almost like they stop being like a physical being and they become a sort of, I don't know, a sort of amorphous, sort of digitalized sort of they thing. They become thing. A, a Gnostic being where they're <laughs> sort of more concerned with mind over matter. Um, there's a story I could probably tell you sometime off the air, Zero, where I had a good old question uh, session with myself saying, like, what is the physical extent of my body? And is it like, you know, just like the limits of my actual uh, flesh and bone? Or is it something else? And it took me a while to, to sort of think of that. And I, I, didn't, I haven't got a conclusive answer for that, by the way. But my the extent of my body and my influence is more than just my body. Yeah, I think that makes so. Sense. Yeah. yeah. When I was when I was younger, I used to like lie in bed and sort of send my hearing awareness out. Like you know, you're lying in bed and you hear things. Oh, I was yeah. trying. I was trying to send my awareness out like as far as it well, could like, go, like a, like an astral ear. <laughs> yeah, sort of like an astral ear. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really. I wasn't really productive, but I sort of. Uh, you know, I, I, I you just gotta find expand your mind. Don't you? the, the philosophers never ask ask like real like head fuck questions. Like, where is the mind? Like, you know those pictures and everything you see inside your head. Where are they physically on a, Are they on Earth? Are they in a separate uh, universe? Do they exist on their own, separate from the body? It's. Do you know what I mean? I mean that's a proper yeah, philosophical yeah. philosophical question, isn't it? In addition to that, I mean, the next question I want to ask is, uh, where do thoughts come from? And are there external thoughts, as in, like, ones which aren't from you, but they've been projected into you? And I reckon this is where schizophrenia comes from. I think they're tuning into something, aren't they, schizophrenics? I mean, it's, I mean, it's a the, weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think the, there the is, like, is like, do you think there is, like, a psychic internet? That like in in some way we are some sort of hive mind. I mean, not not like completely hive mind, like we're completely in it, but whether like general yeah. emotions kind of get picked up by everybody and things like that. Well, I I reckon we've got enough um, awareness that you know about telephone telepathy, or it's not even telephone telepathy. But in my case, I know when someone's going to get in touch with me, and I'm bidden. I'll start thinking about that person, even if I haven't spoken to them in years. And then the very next day, or sometimes the same day, they get in touch with me. Yeah, I'm so um, curious. Yeah. It is a premonition. I'm thinking to myself, what, am I getting like the notion that when when I first get the notion, that's when they fought to call me? But no, I think it's it's from uh, it's from a different time. Uh, I was back in the eighties. I was walking around Norwich one day in in, in Norfolk, and uh, suddenly I just started thinking about an old school friend. And like, I hadn't seen, I must, have, I, could, I hadn't seen him for about ten years. And I was thinking, like uh, John, yeah. Why am I thinking of John? And like, bugger me! Like ten minutes later, I ran into John in Norwich. Like, you know, it's, 
It's just like, was he? Th- I should have asked him. Like, were you thinking of me like ten minutes ago as well? But, <laughs> yeah, it's just like crazy, isn't it? I've and never then, thought to ask somebody. I mean, I've often said, "Oh, I was just thinking about you," but I never thought to say, "Were you thinking about me?" I always assumed that yes, they were, but I should like say, "Ah, oh, yes." At this time, fourteen forty-seven hours, yeah. I started thinking about you. Was, no, it doesn't work like that. I mean, as, po- as, as possible, I could have sort of glimpsed his face like unconsciously, like earlier on in the day. And maybe oh, here's a good one, a good one from Dissident that. Thoughts while we're on it. I remember years ago randomly thinking of Boris Yeltsin and the next afternoon he passed away. Mm. Yeah. Well, for whatever reason, Dissident Thoughts has got a connection to Boris Yeltsin of all people. All the people I'm connected to are ones I've, I know personally. I um. Uh, but I mean, like I said, there's some people you know I haven't spoken to in over twenty years, and as soon as I get a phone call, it's like, "Hello, oh, it's you." That's strange. I was thinking of you the other day. Yeah, I mean, we've got to all be connected, haven't we? Well, you it's also like get the, um, well, some some connections. Are, are you guys aware of the in, phenomena in, in, of uh, doppelgangers? You know where like yeah. where like the husband's an airline pilot and the woman will be awake at night and the and like it's a bit dicey and the husband appears to her. Yeah. When I was doing lucid dream and I used to see my doppelganger in my dreams and they used to really freak me out. Like it's like bloody hell, I don't want to see you in my dream. I don't see me in my dream. Like fuck it out. <laughs> oh, was it was it you mm. or just somebody wanted to take over your body? Yeah, I mean, you know, what if you made, or what if I made, what if I made like a dummy of myself, like exactly the same weight and shape and sort of features and clothes that I wear? What if I made like an exact replica of myself and put it in the corner of the room and sort of, I don't know, I don't think that's a very advisable thing to do, is it really? Concentrated on it. Is that what yeah, you're going to go, go me for? Ma- or just having it in the room would be quite a quite an odd thing. That like, you might like wake up one day and that's like that's took me over and that, the dummy starts walking about and like I'm left I'm left like shriveled up <laughs> somewhere. <else. laughs> like, like, like a pod man, <laughs> like, like the, uh, yeah, the invasion like... of the body snatchers. Oh god! Oh, back to London Bridge. Although it might be a bit boring now. We're talking about all this deep stuff, but. Why, why that bloody narwhal tusk that's been sticking in my mind? Like, what that a strange was. thing! Yeah, what a strange thing to sort of have. That was the narwhal tusk and the fire extinguisher, weren't it? Yeah, yeah I, I, I only actually it. found out about the nar- narwhal tusks yesterday. I was kind of wondering why everyone was talking about narwhal tusks. I, I looked it up, yeah, I looked, up, looked them up on. On the internet, yeah, they are like really long tusked whale things, aren't they? Well, yeah. apparently, apparently, they used to be cut off and sold as unicorn horn. Oh right, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've like, seen it. I've oh, seen about narwhals before when I've read about unicorns because obviously they look exactly like unicorn horn, don't they? It just seems so odd. Like of all things, come to hand to to uh, count defend against this. Uh, and then snack bar, uh, it's just like, oh yeah, I've got a narwhal tusk and I've got fire extinguisher. It's just like, do, do you not have bricks or traffic cones or, you know, what, what think, other objects are there available in London? 
I think I'd be like embarrassed to sort of fend off someone with a narwhal tusk. I don't know. It's a bit. I mean, it works. It works like a spear. I'm just thinking. It's like it's an odd selection. It's like, how the hell do you get a narwhal tusk in the middle of bloody London? Because <laughs> like the narwhal tusk and the fire extinguisher. I mean, surely that symbolises the traditional classical elements of fire and water. Which are all, which are again like also symbolises the upward po pointing and downward pointing triangles, like in, Unle in unless it is a uh, okay, yeah, I was going to say that, but I've just got to be autistic and think like, but you can also get dry powder, fire extinguishers as well as carbon dioxide, an upward, an upward pointing and a downward pointing triangle. That reminds me of another shape. Yeah, well, there's there's another, there's another like a star got, shape. Like, uh, yeah. Well, you know, that's what I was going to say, but I didn't want to sort of. <laughs> oh, is that where you were going? Of... Oh, I'm sorry. Well, what, you know, what, just what a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, the thing is, is like he he was released early from jail by um, a member of the the coin clipping um, society, and uh, the justice, I think justice Leveson. I see. Seem... Not... Is that the same Justice mm -hmm. Levinson who wants to stop uh, papers telling the truth, or so? the papers actually doing investigation and telling people what's actually going on in the world? Isn't that the same Levinson? Well, so, so, sometimes the truth is hate speech, and that's that's yeah. unallowed. Um, but the thing is, is like I, I now correct me if I'm wrong, chap, but he, as in the um, Alan Snackbarist, was at a seminar for. Uh, tackling radicalization and the guy which he killed was in the seminar leading it seemed like you guys don't need to kill if you kill don't don't kill because king's bad just think about having a, a chicken tikka masala instead and so he was so incensed with just how boring the seminar was it's like right i'm, I'm gonna do a terrorism now and then the polish guy what uh done attacked him was also serving time and been released for murder. He'd so actually, he actually slit his girlfriend's point. throat, hadn't he? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. yeah so the, the Narwhal Tusk guy is a murderer, and he's like, um, he was also incensed by the seminar. And uh, <laughs> yeah. What were they saying in this cinema? <laughs> this seminar to do to cause all this trouble. Well, I'm I'm thinking we we need to close audit of these anti radicalization seminars because it seems that they cause radicalization to happen. <laughs> well, I, I'm you know in in all seriousness, I wouldn't I wouldn't put out I wouldn't dismiss the idea that there was some sort of mind control going on because it, that that learning together seminar was run by Cambridge University, and that's like. Uh, occult weirdness espionage hq isn't it like cambridge university and that's that's where the cambridge five were all educated like the apostles who described themselves as a sort of gay freemasonry and the higher sodomy you know back in the, the 70s or wherever it was as opposed to know. totally heterosexual freemasonry yeah, I mean, Cr Crowley went there, you know. I mean, it's, we, it's long just been gonna, a recruiting ground, isn't it? You, just, just stay in this coffin and jerk off, boss, telling us your sexual fantasies. No homo. Yeah. No, no homo. Sort of <laughs> sticking your dicks in a pig's mouth and all that, you know. I mean, it's, it's pretty pretty odd. It's totally not gay. We all do, we all do <laughs> it. 
Oh, just going to take photographs. You, you're willy in that. Is it? <laughs> That's what that's what I think they do. I think they do like gay sex, but I don't think they consider themselves to be gay. Like all these like coffin jerk off people, they 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 have sex with each other. I think they see it as a sort of sort of like a boxing game or some, sort of maybe a bit of wrestling or something. I don't think they consider could themselves you, gay. You could you could imagine one of these down down at the low down down at the shrinks, couldn't you? Well, what it is what it is, Doc, is I keep having sex with corpses. Imagine the, 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 the psychiatrist says, uh, these corpses, are they male or female? Are they male or female? Hold on a sec. Dog issues. <laughs> the, the dog does not like this line of questioning. It just goes, it's irrelevant, they're corpses. Anyway, the, 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 pun, the, punch line, the punch line is, are these corpses male or female? So the patient says, what do you think I am, queer? Oh, God, you're cutting out. Oh, dear. The... The punchline is, are these... Carry on. Uh, is that better? I don't know, is it? Hello, people. Can you hear me clearly? Am I coming through clear? I can hear myself through you. Sounds better now, yeah. That's all right, then. Oh, God, he's disappeared. No, I'm still here. I want, I want to hear the punchline of this joke. Yeah, I'm, 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 I want to know now. <laughs> and the dog's like, no, you're not telling this joke. On the internet, no. The dog not. and the internet are trying to stop me from saying this joke on the internet. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes, I Go can. On, must have Sorry. Anyway, pun- punchline is the the shrink then says to him, "These corpses are they male or female?" So the bloke says, "Would you think I am queer or something?" <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. It was a bit long time that punchline coming out, so I think that's what ruined the end of the joke. But this thing, it takes place on a bloody bridge. I mean, the bridge is a a bridge is a liminal place, isn't it? It's neither here nor there. It crosses the worlds, and I found out. Well, the arch. Well, if you well, if you if you have a bridge, if you have a bridge, you have an arch, or some might say a royal arch. Yeah, and the bridge ends suicides. What a name! What an apt name for like a hanging cluster. Bridge end, like the bridge to the end for you lot, you know. Dun, dun, dun. And I found out the other day that the term pontiff, i.e. pope, comes from the Latin for bridge builder, i.e. from earth to heaven. So yeah, that might tie in with the old up wooden downward pointed triangles. Or in in French, a bridge is a pont, so it's oh. the same same word. All oh, right, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to read this and think at the same time. Oh, All right, yeah. My great revelation. Oh, go on, if, go on, if you were going to say something. Oh, no, it's, it's not. I want to hear your revelation instead oh, yeah. of what I was going to say. My great revelation. Because there was another attack on London Bridge, wasn't there, in 2017? And between that first attack and this latest one, there was 909 days not including the end date, you know, from the, the first London Bridge terrorist attack to the next one. It's 909 days. And palindrome, so which means yeah. that's nine. Oh, Cody, six, Cody six, in six. the chat. Cody in the chat said, two women in charge of those seminars and a prisoner rehab programme are being investigated now. At least they're investigating the programme itself. Yeah, I, I just read that bit. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to relay it to the rest of the... 
which uh, although the chat already knew it, so you know, but yeah. now we now we know it as well. Nine oh nine. I can't suss out what nine oh nine oh nine is, other than it does add to eighteen, which, which is, is six nine. plus six, which is your three six. sixes. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, the well, surface so code. Nine oh nine. You add it together, you get eighteen. You get nine. Yeah, nine or or six plus um, six plus six. Yeah. So you have got nine. Yeah. So you got if we've got three, three sixes and three nines. It's uh, it, it's they definitely do these spooky. I yeah. mean, seven seven bombings. Did you ever see that video about the seven seven bombings? It was by a chap called Murdeeb. I always remember it because of the 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 name Murdeeb is you know from. June. I don't think I've seen that. I saw the David Shaler one. Yeah, oh, yeah. This this was before David Chader. I think it was um, it was like region lock, so you couldn't watch it in the UK. Um, but there was, was like a bit torrent of it and other ways of getting it in the UK. It was that was a good documentary. It talked about all these weird happenings and counter. Are you cut? Terror cutting out a lot. Drills, yeah, you're chopping a bit. Exactly the same thing. So a lot. Oh, bugger! Well, let me repeat myself. There was. <laughs> A oh. documentary about do you want to seven... drop out and come back in again? I think that might sort you up. And seven bombings, not particular. Oh, 909, <laughs> it's the palindrome number, and they're always showing up in these dark elite cult events. Like you've got the 1111 time style. Hello, I'm here. Can you hear me? That's better, loud and clear. Yeah, all right, good. So, the, the seven seven things, um. A lot of people are saying that there were some counter-terrorism drills with bombs and backpacks being done, and they suspect what happened is, is that a few of those drills actually went live, and this would have caused confusion at the time because the Metropolitan Police knew that was a counter-terrorism drill going on, so when reports came in of bombs going off, they wouldn't have reacted to it normally because they're just like, oh, yeah, it's part of the drill, it's not real. Oh, it is real. Really? Oh, well, that's supposed They're to be all a supposed common... to go off in tubes, but that's one, one common... of them went off in the buff. That's supposed to be bus. a common thread of all these things, isn't it? It's the fake. It's the it's the drill that turns out to not be a drill, isn't it? Uh, wasn't wasn't nine uh, eleven the same? Yeah, because NORAD had this thing where they were doing a bunch of drills with hijacked planes that day, and then, of course, when there's uh, was it three or four planes became hijacked. Let me think. Two went into New York City, one and two. Yeah. Uh, one went into the Pentagon, allegedly. One absolutely and went then... into the Pentagon, no, no doubt whatsoever. Oh, yeah, sorry. We, we, um, to say otherwise would be a hate speech. Yeah. And uh, then then another one got brought down somewhere else. Who knows where that could have gone uh, to? Is that Pennsylvania, the other one, or is that always Pennsylvania, the Pentagon? Oh, I, I, can't, I can't tell you. But yeah. back to 7-7, because I want to do, talk about London Bridge. Uh, they said, oh, it was all supposed to blow up on the tubes. Yeah, except the bus one it blew up had this uh, theatre trailer for a thing which they said, bold and, and stunningly brave or something like that, or biting... Uh, do you remember what the poster said? It was like that was, biting... That was for the horror film The Descent, wasn't it, I think? I remember reading something like that. But when there was a Satan image on the bus as well, or am I well, getting it confused with something? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of a search through, see if anything comes up. Seven seven. Don't bus do seven. Bomb. Don't do seven seven bus hmm? ad. That doesn't work. 
No, 77 bus bombing uh, picture. Let's just see if I get any images of the... Um... Oh, yeah, I can see it now. Outright terror, bold and brilliant. There. Yeah. Um, I can't see anything more from that, but that was the... I can't even read the sign. It got blown out. Um, any other angles of that bus? But, yeah, yeah, they, they do these things, and they, they put it in plain sight. And I think when you've got a poster on a bus which says um, outright terror, bold and brilliant, four yeah. stars, I mean, they're, they're just, they're just uh, rubbing it in. It's like mocking, when Prince... Mocking, well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's like when Prince Andrew was doing that interview and says, oh, no, I couldn't have possibly been doing that because I was at Pizza Express at the time. And I thought, mm. yeah, all those people saying Pizzagate's not real, and you've got dog whistles like that, and I'm thinking to myself... They they are they they're rubbing it in. I just think people like people in that level, like Prince Andrew and Prince Andrew and that, and I just they don't give a toss what like the peasants think, do they? I think even if they're like exposed, I mean they're they're not going to lose their job, are they? Because they I think he, one, they? he's probably going to be more uh, upset and worried about the bollocking he received from his mum and other family members. Oh yeah. Then you know you you know you probably one one iota of that would be. I don't know. Like, he, he might have that public exam. He might have that Rothschild poking him in the chest like it like it like happened to his brother. All I gotta say is like remember what happened to Diana, didn't they? You yeah. Know. Andy, Andy, do is... you want a weekend in Paris, mate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. We'll, we'll give you a driver. And everything, and I'll show for Yeah, come on, come on Andy. Yeah, it'll be great. You know. it'll, be it'll be fine. It'll be lovely. We'll turn the CCTV off. You know, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, you no won't have anyone looking at you. No but this bloody 909, that's not a coincidence because these it's palindrome not. numbers, they keep showing up like 1111. That's a palindrome, the, the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. But is there, the, the, here's a question for you then. Here's a question for oh, you then. Is there, is there, have we missed 88? We've had 77. We're on 99. Is there, is there, is there an atrocity that's 88? I didn't get any of that. You're, you're getting really, everyone's going choppy. Oh. Everyone's getting choppy. I'm, I'm just the keyboard and the hand. This government rationed internet's not doing us any good. I think no, our guest. I think really our guest isn't. has arrived. Hello, our guest. I didn't. I didn't know that I needed an app. So. <laughs> oh, hello, well, Jay. For you. You don't you, necessarily you need the app. You can just do it from a browser. You could uh, try turning your camera off to preserve some of the bandwidth as well. No, no, it's not. It's not. Sh it's not showing up. Oh, that reminds me. If I oh, check oh I'm already. On, I'm already on audio for mine. I'm on the hand, so I'm fine. It's all right. N none of this is being shown anyway, so because I use OBS. That's true. Jafer, I've been lurking on your YouTube channel for about a year now, but. I'm more of a lurker than a commentator, but I find your approach to, let's say, esoteric in its what the esoteric in its widest sense very interesting. Because weren't you? Um, what, did you grow up Christian? Um, yeah, I was. I was raised uh, Latter Day Saint. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and and now you, what? what I don't know. 
what would you sort of like, I hate to ask you, but what would you sort of describe yourself as? A, a, a magician? A, well, that's, an that's an appropriate enough of, enough of a word because um, if you define magic as the art and science of religion or if you define it as willful changes in consciousness, those are both definitely things that I am involved in. I was wondering, was it was it a sort of awkward move from like Christianity to to magic? Because I'm I, I was sort of Christian, but I was always more of into the magic sort of thing. But I don't know, what, what was it like a really strict upbringing you had? Um, more on myself, but then again, um, there were some uh, issues with me um, abandoning the church. Um, not that I had the money to do um, do mission work. But uh, yeah, that was kind of hoped of me. So, do you think you're sort of born born more of a magician, sort of thing? Or well, are, are people I, I born? Think, I think we all are in a in a sense. It's um, like we're you know we're we're meant to do th we're meant to do things and achieve things for ourselves instead of vicariously relying on others and that sort of thing so that's kind of programmed into us but yeah that's 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 the bane of my life that is like and we can be you know direct we're we're meant to be direct um i hope too much didn't show up when i was setting up the camera um not really what's done is done uh no like like I, I, like talking. i say this 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 screen doesn't show up in chat so you don't need to worry about any of that okay I was tortured growing up, like with people telling me what to do. That caused me like great distress. And I always knew what they were saying wasn't the whole story. And I knew like magic was real. But at the same time, you're forced you're forced to obey, aren't you, until you're sort of eighteen, I suppose. And it causes so much angst to, to loads of people. I it's just awful, isn't it? This Western this western system well it's that sort of thing's much worse and and, and most of what you'd consider to be the east um you know particularly like china um of course china you can be whatever religion you want as long as it's in a chinese garb yeah because i heard there's a chinese version of christianity which is state approved yeah, state sponsored, isn't it? Yeah, it's I a imagine. funny old world, isn't it? Uh, mm. But but me, I uh, me, I um, you know, s seven years old, I noticed there were issues with the Bible, and I figured either they had to be corrected or there was something else elsewhere. And you know, the Joseph Campbell programs on the television kind of pointed me to look at a global approach which christianity really only presented itself as a global approach yeah i mean I, i've been i was or i've been relying on the king james version for years and i thought i thought i'll use the king james version because people tell me that's the most accurate translation available but not but Later on, someone said, well, no, there's loads of errors in the King James Bible. And I thought, oh, that, that was a waste of time. Then. 
Well, the, the thing that the thing that I never figured out growing up was that there's over a hundred different King James versions of the Bible, and particularly these ones that say they're faithful to the 1611. They're shorter than the other King James version of the Bible, and there's some other changes. So, you know, it's it's not quite just changing words to be more modern words. Yeah. Of course, they really don't do that either. But so you're telling me that the what the Bible I should have is definitely the Schofield Reference Bible. I actually don't have that one, so I don't have an opinion. Um, oh, I'm being sarky because that's the one which um, is uh, sort of very pro-Zionist and um, does a lot of historical revisionism, which I don't support. Well, there's there's one thing in that particular category that I, you know. There's over 200 verses that kind of dictate that biblical Zionism is not some blood and soil movement that, you know, it even excludes uh, Jerusalem uh, as, as far as being required as a part of the whole thing. But there's one verse, there's one verse in the Bible that they hearken on and they mistranslate some other ones, like they mistranslate uh, Isaiah 40, verse 1, Nechmu wa nechmu ami, which means regret and repent and you'll be my people. That's different than what they usually tell you it means. They usually tell you that it means some sort of unconditioning, uh, some unconditioned comforting of who the people are. And then, of course, the people are Israel. Um, but it's interesting. The Jews don't really have genetic studies have kind of uh, indicated. Uh, Simon Yakubovich and some others have kind of indicated that get even over 90 percent five percent of the jews don't have any semitic ancestry whatsoever so that thing's out the window too hmm not yeah. too sure about there because you know i hear certain stories one way or another i just get to the point where i don't know what to believe all i know is just that they they're fairly nepotistic and insular group and um they seem to have their best interests at heart even if it's at the detriment of everybody else yeah, yeah, the, I, I definitely don't agree with the modern state of Israel, how either either the oppression or how many people they've killed or the idea that... You, you're, you, mean, you, you know how, like, some criminals have a safe house which they hide out until things, you know, uh, they lay low there until things blow over? It's like kind of that, but it's a nation-state. It's just... Um, yeah, well... Um, Oh, it's it's interesting to see that some of these individuals that are prominent, uh, prominent and powerful uh, Jews that were alive and uh, during the World War II era actually were on the Nazi side. But that's a kind of a different different point. But um, it's interesting by creating the state of Israel, you gave it you gave the place a lot of enemies. Uh, the Zionist movement when it started back in the eighteen eighties and stuff, it started as a Christian thing to kind of shove off the Jews to a different area, kind of purify the Christian lands of their presence. But because, it kind of, yeah, I, mean, I, well, I, mean, is... I, I don't agree with that way of phrasing it, but <laughs> no, I, 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 I know why you're saying it because I just want to say that um, the, the Jews have been forcibly uh, relocated before in the, in the past, and the, the Russians tried to do it with the Jewish autonomous old bastard the far eastern part of the country and this is something which uh it's not really discussed that often but hitler was moving jews into palestine and there was this um you ever seen that coin it's got a star of david on one side and a swastika on the other 
I'd like to hold one of those coins at well, one time. One of the things is, is uh, Palestine being an ancient insult for that that they sort of uh, that the early Jews came up with. It wasn't really what any there was no kingdom of Palestine. It basically means um, you know the ton in Palestine is like the female Satan, um, which links to Tiamat and some other things. But um, the thing was is that the the first people to call themselves Palestinians in the modern era were Jews that had the ideal that at some point we're going to schluff off this title to our enemies. Hmm. And the thing that happened in creating that state is that um, at least in some of the Muslim majorities, it shifted from time to time. The Jews could at least flee the whatever persecution that arose and go over there, but it kind of made it that uh, the state of Israel kind of made that not work anymore. So if, they ever lose their $2 trillion of American funding a year and their trillion of uh, uh, British funding a year. And uh, they have some money from elsewhere, but that's pretty much it. If they lose that, you know, the state's going to easily be, uh, well, not easily, but it would be devoured if that was the, ever the case. Yeah, because it's in addition to the funding as well, it's also you know, the material age of uh, American bodies defending it. I don't, I don't want to throw a curveball here, but I, I've always suspected that Zionism, like Zionism is actually a plot by the British royalty and, and uh, Royal Arch Freemasonry. I think, I think they're using the Jews to, because like the whole, the whole basis of Royal Arch Freemasonry, who, if, people don't know they consider themselves to be the elite the elite branch of freemasonry their whole their whole thing is the rebuilding of the temple isn't it and i think maybe they're using the jews to get get to, to do the dirty work and actually rebuild the temple and then i think the british rules are going to move in there and and that's that's my theory anyway but but well t two interesting things about the temple th thing is that um one, every time it looks like they can do it, they figure out a way to make it stricter and not do it. Mm. So in one sense, they don't want to do it. But in another sense, you could say, well, wasn't this done in about uh, 660 or something like that, that they are 650s or something like that, uh, you know, that, that century when it was actually uh, the Temple Mount was kind of cleaned up because it had become a, you know, a, a, a what what what's the word for trash yard but um but anyways it was it was cleaned up and basically made uh, reinstituted as a temple but for everyone and people could join as long as they weren't doing something you know they weren't allowed to wander the hill naked or something but other than that you know pretty much any faith could show up and do their thing on the mount but this thing this thing about um when they rebuild it like now the idea is out there that the messiah is going to appear but do you think some sort of messiah was around back in those times when it was cleaned up or well that that was one of the things that that was thought about uh, about the ruler that had that had done, the caliph that had done that uh, in in a way but not you know the messiah way of thinking is something sort of unique to the to the christian if you look in what's called the old testament you know um you don't really have that meaning of it it's not one figure it's 
sort of the high priest of the land sort of thing or mm. or the leader of the land that sort of has a spiritual consciousness to him that's that's really it so i guess they could could say that uh such was a messiah figure but um it just it just seems odd to me that the supposed holiest place on earth or to westerners and americans and zion christian zionists seems to be quite a bit of a war zone really that doesn't really fit does it you know i would have thought there wouldn't be like war and bloodshed and strife and angst going on in uh, at the holiest place on earth but i can't well, things, have, things have another side but you kind of do see a difference with what happened it's like uh if you've ever heard of the paramites uh there was a there was a sort of extreme shia group that attacked mecca and for a few decades or something the stone was gone they they you know they they hit the they hit the building and they wandered off with the stone and so it wasn't returned for a while, but it didn't stop anything. But the things that have happened in Jerusalem have kind of stopped the uh, the temple activity. I mean, if it's the holy, if they really believed it was the holy place, without the priests, they could just show up on the hill and do their stuff. But things went different there than it went in certain locations. Um, I think the Native Americans. Um, certain tribes would basically, they had ideas about particular places, but they carried on their traditions outside those places when they were kicked out or um, the the buildings or whatever that was on there got destroyed in the scuffle and whatnot. They, they could still do what they did. And there's the ancient Greek theory of the omphalos, isn't there? The, the sort of sacred stone at the center of... Um... I don't know, I suppose a temple or not a temple. In, yeah, not necessarily in a physical sense, but the center of the community or the, the area. But I, it just seems like Jerusalem, oh, I'm echoing a bit. I'll turn my, turn my headphones down. Jerusalem just seems to be like a generator of dark, dark negative forces really because the jews are completely surrounded by people who absolutely hate them and want to destroy them so it seems to be acting like a sort of a dynamo or a generator of dark negative forces which these supposed non-human beings feed upon because um when, when you get into conspiracy theories and things like that and it always seems to come back to sort of dark, negative, non-human forces, doesn't it? It just seems. Of course, the thing I, the thing I think with stuff like that is that, you know, they they ha the, these beings they have uh, a certain level of consent of the human beings. Sometimes it's not direct. Sometimes one door is open that shouldn't have been open, but it's not quite, and it allows something else per se to uh, to use that door that. Um, but I think it's a certain beliefs and actions that allow certain other things to happen. Sometimes one, you know, you know, sometimes like an, uh, you know, an avalanche is set off when, you know, all you did was use a pickaxe on one tiny little spot. So, so what, what do you, I know this is a big question, but what do you think is really going on? Like in this world, say like on an, I suppose an esoteric level but do you think we're i don't know it's, 
Or what what do you think's really going on? Are we in a sort of like eternal battle, good versus evil kind of thing? Well, yes and and no. Sometimes it's not per se about good and evil. It's just about uh, people. Uh, people uh, more and more people don't care about that per se, and that uh, so much of the violence isn't really associated with spirituality anymore, comparatively. Uh, but it's you know people people have agendas, and it's it's all about piling up one's one's wealth in one way or another by you know, and not limiting it to principles, and therefore... But they, this elite, or this elite cult, they seem to be in league with dark forces, don't they? I mean, Epstein and all this stuff, unless it's just some sort of, like, big media psyop, and all they're really interested in is making money, but I think there is there is more... Well, there, there are people, you know... It's it's like it's like with the issue of prostitution. If you're willing to sell yourself, you're willing to sell yourself. If uh, you know just because you set the price higher, um, or set the price, you know, in terms of spiritual things, it's like you hear of these people that uh, now the Illuminati is you know the 1700s Illuminati. That's that's yeah. nothing like what these people say, but the idea gets released. Uh, William Guy Carr and some other figures like that put this idea out in the public, and I think people use that as as a scam in one way, like the old phony magicians that just acted like they were doing something spiritual to have some sort of control over the people, and maybe some people who actually are using it in that context that go around and, you know, what was it, Lady Gaga in some back alley after a show? Some guy muttered some words, and basically she thought later that that was her initiation after she got famous. It's not that she did shows around New York and stuff. Or, so there's there's people that get into those parties and, you know, they play their game. But uh, I don't think a lot of that is really part of some major organization, although there is some... I mean, Ep Epstein, the fact... The, I mean, he wasn't the president at the time, but the fact that 15 years after they basically proved that he had raped like four or five people, I don't remember which one it was, but four or five people, they basically had all the proof 15 years before they charged him. Not even the prostitution thing, that's something different, uh, something much less, but uh, in my opinion. But um, yeah, the, you know, he he obviously had connections going, uh, going to uh, British royalty and billionaires and millionaires and celebrities and... Um, you know, a lot of, yeah. I, I think like a, a black magic cult is certainly entwined within show business and um, show business and just just general higher levels of political power. Like, up well, in there, there is there is certain stuff once you get uh, once you get money or other connections that you have a that, that you know that you per se have an opportunity to be exposed uh, to be. To have first-hand knowledge of that you wouldn't have otherwise it's like there are parties that you spend a massive amount of money and people get uh you know and, and people get killed and what, what happened in my uh, my country a couple a few years back was that um i, I don't remember how many it was hundreds it's hundreds of people that were detained they don't know what happened to them. They're just off the list. They weren't. They weren't deported. They were just, I guess, sold in this 
slavery uh, by by the government officials that had a had a control over that. Uh, not, over not the, the finders cult, was it? Not the finders cult. Oh, that was children, wasn't it? Um. Well. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure exact names, but I do. I do remember them saying that they had that a certain number of hundreds of uh, of the detainees from the uh, you know from the from the immigration control um, had just gone missing. Mm. Um, we've talked on the show before about ambush hypnosis, like which is also known as covert hypnosis, which apparently criminals use it a lot in Russia. Is where one or two people will just suddenly like not creep up, but just speak to someone and sort of like almost hypnotize them instantly. And people have done it. People have like walked into banks and like done their special thing. And, and they've got the bank teller to sort of hand them over loads of money. And I mean, that's terrifying. <laughs> you know, like if, if someone, if, if the government or whatever, who have the, power and the inclination to sort of study stuff like that i mean if they can just with they could just literally whisk people off the street like well i've I've, i figure with the right brain waves that that would be a a more effective thing if you had a little device with you to uh, to operate that sort of thing to kind of uh put people in the state without them quite knowing it um Mm. i've had uh uh, read stories in south america they've got a drug i'm not sure if it's scoplamine or brigmansius Something like that, where they blow into people's faces this powder. It takes away their free will, and they just walk up to cash machines and clear out their account. You know, people quite willingly put their PIN number in, withdraw money, and then hand it to their assailant. Yeah, I've read read stuff about that. Yeah, that's just uh, totally odd, but... I mean, but back to this sort of show business black magic stuff. I mean, I think this has been going on since at least at least the nineteen sixties. With I don't know if you know about it, Javer, but over here there was a big scandal called the Profumo scandal in nineteen sixty one, where our, our big wig, sort of British Secretary of State for War, Jack Profumo, they were all meeting at this um, Cliveden House on the banks of the River Thames and. You had like the British Secretary of State for War, Jack Profumo, and then you had these cool girls. You had this sort of sort of fixer type guy called Stephen Ward, and you also had a Russian KGB naval attaché, sort of all meeting for sort of like jolly fun around the swimming pool at this Cliveden House. And uh, Cliveden House was owned by the Astor family, like A S T O R, which to me is like twilight language for Aster A-S-T-E-R as in like the Star family and um, I which, mean, was, which is actually how uh, how some people would render Esther because it really is an Aleph uh, Semic yeah Tau but um, the uh, was, was it Scotland the Connolly family was kind of connected to a uh, no, uh, nobility it and they and you know basically basically it was sort of a cult that 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 was that was run there um hundreds of years ago and some of the tradition has made its way into the uh into the americas i'm not sure to what extent but um oh, i haven't heard of that the Connolly yeah. family yeah. i haven't heard of that yeah i'll have to look into that yeah but the um 
yeah, some some big old castle on a hill. I mean, I, I, that doesn't narrow it down as much as I would hope. But because <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's actual like you know people have written memoirs and they were saying like, well, all this like Clive and Profumo stuff. There was like black magic sex parties going on there, like not not like hedonistic sort of you know like swinger parties, but you know actual worshiping oh, worshiping phalluses, you know. I'd say the hedonism was that it wasn't a swinger party because hedonism is you regard the consequences. Um, but yeah, Crowley, Crowley was definitely not the uh, not the person who started the idea of sex magic in the West. No, definitely not. Because this, this Cliveden house is on the banks of the Thames, the River Thames. It's like the major river that runs through London. And like a few years ago, a, a, a few like... Um, uh, or one tor headless and limbless torso of a black boy was like found in the Thames, and the, the police investigated and were saying, like, you know, that was to do with voodoo or some sort of black magic. But previously to that, about five or six like headless and limbless torsos were found in the River Thames, and at the actual time of Jack the Ripper. So, you know, the River Thames seems to be a a place where like ritual sacrifices are made and you know this this cliveden house is on the banks of of um the river thames and this this stephen ward guy he rented the cottage like w which was adjacent to the house and after he committed suicide in inverted commas his cottage by the banks of the thames had to be exercised by the leading roman catholic exorcist of the time like dom robert uh, petit pierre and um the, the his cottage had to be exercised because the next tenant who moved in committed suicide by drowning himself in the kitchen sink and, and that's that's fact you know i mean that is, that is bizarre stuff you know it, it is it is apparent that there was um human sacrifice in various I mean, pretty much all over. Um, and uh, as a side note to the Jerusalem thing, it's it's interesting that that's one of the most, the longest inhabited areas because uh, Neanderthal actually lived in the Jerusalem area. But um, so, you know, so, some stuff, I guess, you know, uh, human sacrifice cults, those kind of need to be persecuted, don't they? But um, some stuff became more sinister because it was kind of forced underground and combated with this teaching that like everything that wasn't Christian was like super evil. And so people trying to revive things sometimes made things more evil than they were. And people didn't quite remember things. It's like a lot of the grimoires, the Goetia and the Grimorium Varium stuff, aside from jumbling the language, some of it put a darker mask on some of what was previously said mm. about these entities. And it's like, what if the sacrificial victim is willingly is a willing a willing victim, and that puts a sort of whole new spin on it, which perhaps was, which is what was going on back with the Druids. Like they weren't like the Romans said they sacrificed humans, but maybe they weren't sacrificed. Well, a, a, a lot of that was joyfully going to the sacrifice. Yeah, like, that was like you know, like it was a more standard form of martyrdom. Um, Back to this cottage I just mentioned, I've just got to get this in that 
after this guy committed suicide in there by drowning himself, it's not funny, but he drowned himself in the kitchen sink, which I just find totally bizarre. But after after that and the exorcism, guess who guess who leased that cottage for twenty one years? It was Stanford University, like whose whose research, you know, Stanford. Stanford Research Institute, they were the ones who were doing the remote viewing experiments with Russell Targ and Harold Putoff. I mean, Stanford, Stanford also did the prison rent, experiment, didn't they? Yeah, but of all the people to rent that haunted, horrible cottage where probably demons were everywhere, of all the people to rent it for a 21-year lease that was Stanford Research Institute who were doing all the remote viewing stuff by the, funded by the CIA. I mean... That's just insane. <laughs> so I think, you know, I so say you go back to it all. And a, in a less sinister sense, you know, going back to the, you know, the free, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's more sinister when it's just a bunch of uh, rich elite with the, with the men, men's club, the, uh, the Freemasons kind of combining a bunch of uh, builder mythologies and stuff like this. This didn't really, that didn't really go quite to the point that some of these, uh, other clubs. I think the Skull and Bones is a lot more sinister than the Freemasons, but um, but you know they they definitely would have uh, enacted things at least for the dramatic effect of it. You know, mm -hmm. you can't uh, can't all be frat boys spanking each other to see who will uh, take the most. And okay, you can join because you 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 handled it. Um, Hobbit. We say stuff in Hobbit. What? Has, has everyone gone? Hello. Has everyone like? Hello. Am I here? Yeah. I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, yeah we can. No, we can all hear you. Say, Do you have a question, Hobbit? Yeah, I was. You mentioned Skull and Bones. So I, was, I, I, I mentioned about the Freemasons earlier. The uh, jerking off in a coffin and telling the other frat boys your uh, sexual fantasies. That's a thing from Skull and Crossbones. And I got that from Alex Jones. That's that's what I said. Uh, I was saying as well. Like, I think they do have like homosexual sex, but in in a strange way, I don't think they consider themselves to be homosexual. I think as it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I can't explain it because they do have you, wives think... in that, didn't they? And I don't think they are homosexual, well, are they? Well, traditionally, uh, I mean, I'm, there were certainly exceptions, but the idea of homosexuals is people who only had gay sex and that was it for their whole life. That was, that's not, you know, that's only recently been the thing that that's how we think of homosexuals. So, yeah. Or do you, or do you think it was because homosexuality? The Greeks weren't all gay, all, all gay either, but uh, yeah, definitely the, the, there were, but there were people closer that you know thinking women is the okay we t we go to the women to breed but for the men you know um but well what I was what I was going to say is I you, do, do, you, do you think it was because that um, homosexuality used to be a massive taboo but it's kind of lessened now and that's why it's gone into like child molesting instead do you think it's blackmail material well, yeah. Some people, some people feel like they need to go to certain extremes and it's um it's like nothing nothing physically criminal or anything like that people feel just as damn there are rituals that people go through and you know they hit that point and it's the you know uh, some uh, 
you know, like the Lucifuge Raphael packs, you know, the, the sort of uh, accounts you hear of people with that, whether, whether it's in person or whatever, there's a breakthrough that those people have that most people would never get without, you know, killing someone or molesting a child or something like that. And some people probably just feel like they need to be naughty or perverted or something to that degree. And that's, that's how they feel they would do it. I've had people contact me questioning about, okay, do I need to kill my family? And, uh, and how would I, and is there any particular thing that I have to do when I'm doing this? And I'm like, really, that's where you're going to first, but. Well, they want to sell their soul to Satan kind of thing. Yeah. And they think, yeah. they think that's initially what they have to do. And. See, I'm not sure. I'm not sure one can sell one. So I don't think it's for sale. I well, I, um, you know, I, I see my, uh, I've long experienced myself as a spiritual entity, but initially I only believed it, you know, till I was 18. I, but, you know, yeah, you, you can't, the spiritual being that you are, spirit, soul, what, what, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, it's entirely you that's, that's one of the tricks is that entities that would want to control you human or otherwise yeah could, think that, could convince you that there's literally a point of no return and i think as long as we're alive we can repent or however you want to phrase that um because it, it seems to me like the whole thing whether you're a mystic or a christian or a muslim or whatever i mean it seems like the whole key to initiation is is entering what could be called the poetic visionary state and why people seem to think they have to go to these sort of really extreme things to do it rather than just sitting quietly in a room and doing it uh I don't well know. one thing that I, one thing that i have um involved myself within although this is this is secondary because um, definitely there's intentions of devotion and stuff like this that is mixed with it, um, or else it would get really boring. It's like it's like affirmations when they're completely unspiritual. There's a reason why they're actually less effective, or you have to do as more to be effective, is because there's not quite the whole package you're putting into it. Um, but I found that I mean I've I've been in the ho I've been in the hospital. Uh, you know, needles, needles in the hospital, that sort of thing. So I, I know what, I know what some serious drug level experiences are like. And I mean, without that feeling, you know, if you, if you've ever had just a little, little bit too much painkiller or something, it feels really good, but it's still like you're being slightly forced. But when it's your body working with those chemicals, we have over 50 chemicals that run through our body that produce any sensual or psychiatric high that one could look at and it's but you don't have to use drugs but people again go into those extremes with drugs to reach a certain point and i understand why some people get so high that they basically ruin their lives trying to once a year get that high again yeah i'm pretty convinced that i don't know whether it's dmt but i mean i can seem to I used to do rituals and things like, like that, but then I, then I realized, well, the whole point of doing a ritual is to get into this visionary state. So why don't I just, I don't have to do the ritual. Why don't I just get into this visionary state? And 
I'm not like tooting my my horn here, but I found that I've, I've been doing it for many years. But now I find myself I can if I want to get into the visionary state, I just call it just doing it. You know, I can just do it. You know, just enter it and and um, I don't know what I'm trying to say really. But well, well, particularly with techniques and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it comes much easier. It's it's like the first time I kind of mixed what. I would define as the soma state because it kind of reminded me of those all those poems in the Rig Veda and stuff about the soma and the and the Persian mentions of the Hayoma, which is actually I think there is a there is a recipe with forty different plants they put in the thing, but basically the opium, the ephedra, and the mar and the marijuana um, that that type of experience um it took me months to get to that point where i could have that experience but after that it was like pretty much guaranteed i go through these steps i'm going to have something um but, but yeah. of course I, i'm a person who wants to maintain the context and it's like i can more reliably have it but like do you do, you do mantras or visualizations or, or do you just sort of like network your mind and just sort of like click into the state because whether well, I'm deluding myself, mind, I don't know. I, I don't know entirely what you mean by that, but I would say yeah. uh, one of the one of the ways to have some of these experiences is to follow is to figure out and follow the pathways that the chemical reactions. I mean, maybe I may I may have temporal lobe epilepsy or something. Maybe it's something like that. But I just find I I, I think like everyone probably does it. It's like. I think like, like our prehistoric ancestors, I don't think that wasn't like a case of them doing magic to get into that state. I think that was just the state of consciousness that we all had back then. So I don't think it's anything, I'm not saying like I'm, ama I'm an amazing magician that I can do it. I'm just doing what's in my DNA, you know, that. Well, it's, it, yeah, some of the, some of the things it's like, okay, maybe they, they had beliefs and they did stuff, but the techniques got worked out and turned into things for themselves. It's like music, I think started as a as a mystical thing and it became sort of an entertainment thing and it's lost a lot of its effect in if it's kept in that category um but it's it's like it's like the scrying thing looking at reflective pools and various other things having different effects that maybe the shiny reflective ones don't i i think that's just people were calm enough that, that they could actually sit in one place and look and then they'd you know but all, all this stuff's within us, isn't it? Isn't it? It's, it's encoded in our DNA. So I think we can just we can just literally flick a switch and just turn on these unused brain circuits. And uh, I mean, that's the whole psychedelic thing, isn't it? Timothy Leary and all that. But yeah. But now, now to, to change the subject slightly, I'm thinking, well, what what's the point of magic, really? You know, isn't it just like like anything else? It's like it's just moving the building blocks of existence around in a sort of slightly different arrangement. So I'm thinking like, maybe it's best not to, maybe not, it's not probably best not to do anything, but I, I don't, I'm not sure what. If I can take well, it, it, if I can take you back to drugs well, for a second, do you think all of, all of the massive amounts of like cannabis use at the moment could, could actually bring something forth? with all these people that are in these states where they're kind of open to the spirit world and stuff like that? Well, there's 
certain uh, physical and psychiatric risks to uh, to the secularization of drug use that aren't person. Not not that I'm saying sorcery in terms of ritual drug use is uh, necessarily what everybody should be going down or anything like that. Although I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Um, personally, don't do it. But um, uh, yeah, there's doorways that are opened with you know also all sorts of uh, all sorts of drugs it's like they're you know they're 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 people that they they don't per se know it but uh they hear the wrong song when they're drunk you never know what they're going to do but otherwise you know they could resist trying to act out the song yeah and it's like how many ouija board sessions happen every day across the world like I don't know, 10,000? Say 10,000 serious Ouija board sessions happen every day across the world. I mean, that's got to, that's got to be letting something in from, from elsewhere. Well, the, the thing about that, though, is it's like basically letting whatever in to say and do whatever it wants with you is, you know, yeah, that, that's got to have a level of risk to it. And possibly less reward to uh, reward to it than a lot of other practices. Do you have any good Ouija board stories, or are you a partaker of the Ouija? Or because we're scared of it over here, none of none of us here would ever do it. We're freaked this, out. By it. This show, this show is anti Ouija board, aren't we? Well, <laughs> <laughs> the Alethus uh, uh, Levi said that. Uh, a sage doesn't consult uh, doesn't consult the oracle; he controls it. So, I mean, I do let myself go per se in speech and other and other ways. And to me, that's really more or less what uh, the Ouija board is. Uh, but but to me, the idea of just calling on whatever to do whatever and yeah, that, there there is no there is no real story of me doing that sort that sort of thing. But uh, you know. It's it's like a keyboard. You can get in the visionary state and follow the light around that appears. Um, this is what fascinates me because a computer keyboard does look quite similar to a Ouija board, doesn't it? And I think Ouija boards are a special case simply because the actual letters of the alphabet are on the actual Oracle board itself, and I, I think there's power in the in the English language. I mean, that's a, another whole whole subject, but. I think the Ouija board is a special it's case. It's more cemented so version of, of your of your old stuff. You know, the trumps from the tarot or the or, or various systems. I mean, the the, the runes. You know, they were they, that wasn't the first thing uh, alphabet that people shuffled around and tried to get a message of. And where there wasn't a alphabet that we think of, there was there could have been patterns and knots or. The shells follow this pattern, that sort of thing. That's. But they, but but they, what, had, they had to be interpreted, so though, didn't they? That that's the so difference. With, think, that's the difference oh, so with the Ouija board. The Ouija board's very specific, isn't it? It seems to be very effective, doesn't it? As opposed to other systems, like the Ouija board has got a certain aura about it. There's, I think, it's to do just with the actual physical letters being on the board. I think there's something in it that. As I was saying before, or what well, the, just... the, the spiritism of the 1700s and uh, not 1700s, the 1800s, and, and you know, outside of that, I guess, um, 
definitely gave sort of a thought form connection to the whole thing. And therefore there's, I mean, with the, with the movies in particular, the Ouija board's something that, uh, that gets a lot more attention than it might otherwise, but it's uh, easy enough of a theme to work with. So it's just something that's just happened to build on itself like that. I might have to pluck up the courage and do one one day. I'm not sure, but see now I'm now I'm thinking now we've brought up Ouija boards. I'm like think like another thing I was thinking of lately. Like when someone does magic, like is it done by the direct imposition of the human will, or is all magic done on our behalf by spirits and demons? Like, well, whether you look at drug studies or consciousness studies. Um, there is somewhat of a factor that's out of control of even the uh, the the context of the whole, of the whole thing. So um, yeah, the spectacular results are, are certainly hard to explain. Like, but who was it? Who was it? Confucius that uh, talked about ritual as uh, something done to establish character or to uh, maintain character. And I think if that factor is there, it's you know, fixes a lot of the issues that might otherwise be associated with magic. Because it always fascinates me that, like, the, uh, uh, the mainstream media probably isn't going to address this anyway, but there never seems to be, like, serious discussion, like, not necessarily in, ma well, yeah, in mainstream media of um, just communicating with spirits, like, like every, people do it all over the world, but it doesn't. It's, it's almost like brushed under the carpet, isn't it? It's just like because uh, I see. Or, I've I've been seeing spirits since I was a child, but or if you or if you see if you see it on a news it, program, you yeah. get the spooky music and the giggling from the presenters. Yeah. Don't you? it's it's, it's never treated joke, with it? any kind of seriousness, is it? I mean, do you work with spirit? I don't want to get too personal here, but like, do you? You communicate with spirits, don't you? There, there, there are beings that I've um, uh, that I've spoken to, or otherwise. Um, it's just such a with once I was aware of them. Um, and, but I, th I think a lot of the things it's it's like you know uh, most languages. Okay, first of all, it's like angel in English means a lot of things you kind of really don't know what people mean half the time when they do say something like that mm. but um okay so the general mythology is you have three types of created beings light beings fire beings and clay beings and of course the clay beings with the choices are the humans who have reached the proper age to um but the idea that the so-called you know fallen angels is appropriate enough of a term because supposedly they all made a mistake but that doesn't mean they're like evil forever. But the thought for, of a lot of people is like they're evil forever. And that's where a lot of the taboo comes. It's like, it's like there's a created class of demons and that's not quite the thing. Um, who creates all these tables of demons and hierarchies of demons? I mean, did someone just sit down one day and sort of make it up or? Uh, well, there, there is certainly some of that. And, and that's, one of the fads nowadays is countless grimoires of how to, uh, you know, method manuals yeah. deal with spirits. And it's like um, some of it's they just rearrange the, uh, you know, uh, 
Cornelius Agrippa's uh, method. Um, because if what people are calling up is just like a thought form that was invented, say, 200 years ago, I mean, that's not going to be very productive, is it? If it's, if they're just like... Well, certain things can be attracted and repelled. It's like um, I've, I've pointed out how the, the Necronomicon, which was probably the first thing, uh, thing in terms of a grimoire that I was physically exposed to, um, basically my knowledge of... Akkadian and Sumerian and and and, As and Assyrian and, and such kind of showed that okay maybe it could be a representative but it definitely the people who say oh we translate it from this didn't yeah uh, it, it wasn't translated from Akkadian or anything like this anybody with even a even a review level of uh, of that language not even knowing how to read it yet you're going to figure out that's yeah, that's not quite the thing, but it does represent that some that something that some, someone could have believed, and that in particular gave it a little more power than just some random thing made up. But I've seen, like for example, some videos on some demonic language, and this language, the guy doesn't know uh, what the words mean, and he doesn't know, you know, what it looks like per se. Just some transliterated letters, and if he can't explain how the language which operates yeah it's just maybe it's just like a download from his subconscious or something that just well there, there is stuff like that interestingly enough i had an experience like that i think it was a summer solstice and i wrote down the letters there were 343 letters i think and basically when i wrote them down in the order that some sometimes you remember things that it's like how did i remember all that and you're sitting there you know, and he actually got the pattern and, and uh, but I followed it and it turned out to be the 49 Angelorum Bonorum names from the Enochian system. It's like I wasn't, I wasn't even working with that. And there was in my ma manual that I've, you know, after I had it written down, you know, there it was and there was other things associated with that. But um, it's not, it's not your Demonia cast I got I can't pronounce it right. Your demonia cast vum language is that something else? Is it? Uh, that's that's something else. Uh, a couple, uh, you know, a couple years ago, I started having dreams and senses, and I started writing it down. And initially, I gave it that name, which by now I should start calling it Lizuvama because Lizu is the word for demon. Um, that okay. Uh, you know, initially, it was associated with a bunch of demons, you know, the Goetia and stuff, and that was the initial usage of it. It became initiatic names in um, certain online groups I was I was using, but um, which I didn't have the numbers at the time, so I just used English numbers. But um, I mean that 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 thing's in accordance to intentions really if one wants to be a devotee of which whichever entity that you're referring to okay if you're going to be a carcist okay if you're going to be an exorcist you know you can be an exorcist and you know i've, I've done exorcism work both self mostly self exorcism but um you know i, I went to i went to this play at uh, this temple of ball um this is probably the biggest example i think is i but i didn't know it was there 
I went to this park and there was this like feeling around the corner. Uh, this, you know, the sinister sort of th something's going on down there. And we yeah. get down there and the sigil of balls all over these trees. I've never seen anything like it. Um, seven different trees. There were symbolic little etchings in the, in, in the uh, you know, patterns in the bark. There was this pit, which was attracting a bunch of black birds, which made us worry about uh, someone left an offering or something. I don't know what was... Um, we found out what the offering was when, when you know, we, since we were there, we wanted to make sure that if something was done that we, that, but anyways, we, we, we were sighted, we run around and it's like the thing cleared to a point where it's like, I never felt it clear like that before. But um, when it's not, yeah. a, when it's not a play, when it's a person, it's a lot harder because really it's, you know, you establish something different that's 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 all you're doing with an exorcism of place but a person um you got to convince them of something or you got to get them to go along with it somehow it's not just standing over them and all right how the you know by the power invested me that's well i don't know if that's what you say but um because i don't really remember the the roman rite or or other forms aren't quite coming to my mind at the time but um yeah when it's a person you got to have them kind of go with it bit and I've seen, yeah, I've, I've seen exorcisms with it of that sort, but. Yeah, I just, that'd be very disappointing if all this, all this magic stuff turns out to be just humans, like not, not that that can't be like very effective, but I'm not so sure whether all these spirits and so-called demons are just, just bad humans who've passed over and somehow just acquired more power kind of thing because about the about the most evil thing i've ever encountered was when i was messing with the goetia and um i called up this demon and things got pretty violent but i just got the feeling that you're not a demon like you're just some evil human spirit kind of thing but well maybe some well, ancient it, chief it, it, happened, it happens through you but uh do you mind saying which one it was oh that's that's the that's the thing that I didn't actually call it up. I just had I had the I had the Jimmy Page edition, the 1975 edition of the Goetia, and I was very young at the time. I must have only been about 14, and I didn't do any rituals or anything. I just looked. I was just looking at the sigils, you know, the the, the page with all the sigils on it. And um, uh, oh, what am I trying to say? I, I didn't do any rituals, whatever. So I'm thinking like. When someone looks at these sigils, I think the demon or the entity, whatever, knows that the human is looking at them. And I think I must have just made a connection somehow. And um, I went to sleep that, I, no, I wasn't trying to call anything up. I was just looking, looking through the book. And I went to sleep later that night. And I woke up in the middle of the night, you know, at 3 a.m., as, as often happens. And I just heard the beating of wings, like the beating of large wings, sort of vroom, vroom, vroom. And then something landed. I was, I was, my bedroom was in the loft and something landed on the tiles on the loft and I could hear claws. <laughs> I know this is getting a bit Lovecraftian, but I was hearing claws scratching on the tiles on my roof and I just thought, what the hell's going on here? What have I done? And then it clicked that that must have been me looking at this, this these Goetia symbols and so I was well, that's, lying that's in bed. one of the things that so many people don't realize. It's like it's like okay, the uh, 
the grand grimoire and some lucifuge pact it, it really starts you know at the start as soon as, soon as one's in, uh, intentions or beliefs open yeah. that door um and the things you know uh, I, I believe there are things that, that that witness and they may decide okay we notice that he's into this stuff let's 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 yeah. start start something um well they were testing me you know but after that happened, uh, that was it. I, I gave up. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's too much for me. I, I was only like fourteen. I, I couldn't handle that sort of stuff. But, but again, I'm not sure whether it was a demon or just just some sort of evil human who's acquired power somehow on 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 the on another realm. I, I really don't know because we don't know, do we? We don't know whether these things are non-human ancient entities or fallen angels or whether they're just humans really because i mean the well, effects well that's that's the problem isn't by it? either couldn't it that's the problem isn't it is it, there's only one way to find out and it's a one-way trip isn't it so there's no way of letting people know i mean the effects like the effects like say knocking over a knocking over a cup or something that could be caused by a fallen angel or it could have been caused just by some sort of violent human spirit I mean, I'd be very disappointing if it all, if it, if it was all just like like horrible humans on the astral plane, like just messing with us, having a joke with us, and I don't know. Well, in in a in a way, I, I would say that's that's true because again, it's it's the humans have to be the nexion for these things, and therefore, um, I mean, uh, to to have the, the the material and otherwise evil. You know, the human has to, you know, either be it itself or give something else the power to use it for that. And, you know, so, you know, as I said, it, you know, you evoke yourself when you're doing when uh, when one's doing these uh, rituals and other things. You know, they have their choices and or maybe their programs or whatever. And, you know, it's it's not entirely up to you what they decide to do. It's like what you just said. Like if if you open your mind to it, like you will get noticed. I mean, and it happens with the UFO phenomenon, doesn't it? People start getting into UFOs, and all of a sudden, it's almost like the UFOs have noticed that person getting into it, and they start showing themselves, and maybe they get abducted. And uh, it, it's a very strange thing. I know a lot of it is like psychological warfare and Whitley Stryber programming people to go down certain routes, but I don't think that explains all of it, does it? Well, there, um, a lot of it, I would, uh, okay, he had epilepsy, that's, so that's one thing you can say, but there's, um, I think in certain states that people are more likely to be exposed to things, and now it's a, technolo a technological vision in a certain, in a different sense than, than it used to be, so it's, beings from other planets coming flying to see us and i mean if you look at the ancient alien stories well they can't quite be physical beings because of some of what's said you know hanging out of spaceships going millions of miles an hour even um you know that that quite doesn't work so i i you know a lot of things are just real labels have you ever been abducted or anything like that? Or? Well, 
something somebody could call a UFO, and I guess there were a couple experiences that that our little uh, um, little gatherings in Mount St. Helens. You know, there's this, uh, there's the ape caves there, and any any anyways, we were the, the the people, I guess, in the area. That if anybody knew of somebody going on a meditation trip, it was. I mean, we didn't do it too much, but I, I you know. But uh, we, uh, you know, we saw sometimes like what you think it would be a flying saucer, but it didn't quite have a physical presence. It was like something else. It, it was standing before a giant uh, airplane or something. It was different, but it was. Yeah, I've, I've just had crazy things. Like I remember, I was living in a in a sort of not. I wouldn't say. A haunted house i was living in a house in wales where sort of phenom we used to see like red and like that and one night I, I was i was asleep and then i had this very clear dream of like this really ridiculous like 1950s b movie flying saucer that sort of like flew across in front of my vision you, you could almost see the string that was like like moving it that was just ridiculous and i was looking at this saucer and i was saying this is ridiculous, but then it shot like a like a laser beam out from itself into my solar plexus, and I, I suddenly thought, "Well, this is getting a bit strange." And then I felt myself being levitated off the floor for about six inches, and then I thought, and I sort of like cut it off, and I sort of woke up, and uh, I've had sort of like just really crazy stuff like that, which is I don't know whether it's real or not, but. I don't know, because I, I had lots of like experiences. Well, there's there's very... different sorts of real. It's like I don't know if you've ever experienced with any of these things, but uh, you know, there's a uh... what's that? What? What's the what's the earthquake experience? Well, I guess maybe most dramatic was when I didn't realize that there was an earthquake, and. You know, I was, you know, I, I was in Washington State, and I thought to get up and, uh, you know, perform an extra little horizon in the middle of the night, and I didn't know that the, uh, I didn't know that the, uh, that the, that the slight little trembling that was going on. I mean, it wasn't the California level of earthquake that I was exposed to when I was in California, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that it was actually an earthquake. Yeah, but you know, in the in the middle of my praying in the middle of the night, it was you know things rumbled, and I I just didn't know that it was a physical thing. But uh, I don't think it really happened per se the other way around because I kind of knew, I kind of knew that it wasn't. Um, yeah, who knows what. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, really. It's just, it's just a funny old world, isn't it? I, I wonder. I, I just, I, I suppose what I want to know is what's really going on. Like, I, I don't. We're not going to know, are we? I don't think. But... Well, I think with practice, you can. We can kind of distinguish between different, uh, different levels of reality. It's like, okay, when it comes to these spiritual things or even psychiatric things, we kind of. If you know that that's what they are, well, maybe that's 
you know, the awareness isn't shared with others. And sometimes it's like you have a sense that something happened and you kind of in that in that respect, but you're you, you weren't consciously aware of it. And I met this uh, I met this. Uh, well, I guess things can be translated into Enochian or whatever, but I met this Enochian entity called Vivaltia strange little blobby thing it was you can't quite describe its colors but um i mean i kind of did to an extent but it told me it was going to come back and tell me a series of calls or verses or something associated with each of the names that it had brought that it had mentioned and as far as i know i never encountered the entity again but that doesn't mean it didn't show up and i just didn't have the awareness to to uh be aware, uh, you know, to uh, make note of it. Yeah, that's, uh, I've completely lost my train of thought now. But it's like uh, Carl Gustav Jung said of a said of a patient. She said there was a spirit snake in her, and she wanted to cut open her belly to uh, remove the thing. And Jung said, uh, "I don't have the authority to say whether or not she's actually experiencing this, but we can't let her do that." Yeah. So. Because I suppose, like the actual brain networks of magic and, say, psychosis, they're either very similar networks that we use to experience these things, or, or they're the very same networks. So, and I've, I've, I've always found it interesting that, like, psychiatric drugs have very similar names to the demons in the medieval grimoires. So I don't know whether there's, there's something going on there. But... I've I've never thought of that, yeah. but. It could be the case uh, i have uh the case of that sort i the sworn book of honors or so, something like this there, i was watching flipping through the tv and um a lot of the glossolalia is not quite glossolalia you actually find memorized little formulas yeah and yeah the, this 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 uh, this this pentecostal preacher or or, or whatever this person was considered themselves they were uttering d names from some uh you know uh, bosnian demons i guess i think yeah. that, that 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 region and i'm like i just happened to be able to find that piece of information so i uh, you know there's so many languages in the world that are even spoke and there's probably a good seven times as many that aren't spoken anymore yeah, it's quite popular over here, like Pent the Pentecostal church. There was a big sort of like movement called the Jesus Army, and they used to do glossolalia and things like that. And I used to know a girl who was into that, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like she used to do it sort of thing. And, uh, and I was well, I, I try to make it an occasional thing, and it's interesting some of the things that it sounds like it comes out. And some stuff it's like okay this is this feel the felt a particular way i'm writing this stuff down but uh hey, but there is there there is sometimes you know it's like uh, it's, it's like an enochian i think i think maybe you know maybe there uh, john d there who was trying to revive the uh, the official story he wrote an apologetic there i don't quite buy the church of satan theory um about oh that you know it was really ch the whole thing was really changed to a kind of hide him from from inquisitors and that sort of thing but um 
you know, he was he was trying to bring back the experience and some of that stuff that came forward. I don't, I, I think some of it goes beyond what. Yeah, Anokian's the one, isn't it? That's the one that stands out. Which it's like the pyramids, isn't it? It's like a, a genuine mystery, Anokian. Just, so uh, what's it's just a shame it's incomplete. So what, so what is Anokin? Is that the is that from the book of an e, e, Enoch? Is it? Oh, Jason well, knows how, more how about it than me. Goals? I'm sorry, I interrupted. Um, oh, no, you know more about it than me. Like, um, yeah, that that was one of the goals of 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 John D. Is he wanted to? They wanted to retrieve lost uh, the the book of Enoch and stuff like this. And it's interesting. It does have some. Uh, the material that they got does have some of that connection. It does have a very Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, it has its own structure, doesn't it? Temple, sort of. What? The Enochian language has its own syntax and structure, doesn't it? It's not just gobbledygook. It's not just like. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, there's there's stuff about it that's. Um, and it works. You know. And the interesting, the interesting thing is that okay, okay, fine. Uh, you know, they tried to appeal to the Catholics because they thought, okay, let's bring the experience back to the church. They actually got approval of uh, John D. Actually got approval of one of the forty cardinals at the time um, for the whole thing. But one does not make a change in the church, um, and he tried to get approval of the, the Protestants as well. But um, wait, what was that? What was that? What my point with all that? Um, but he, anyways, he he wanted the experience that he thought was there in the initial church movement. Um, he couldn't do it himself, could he? He didn't have the and, power to. And and uh, you know you can sit you can you can sit with a Satanist and a Christian and a and 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 a, and a monotheist and 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 maybe something else, and you can all do Enochian magic and everybody with their intentions, and it can kind of work. But if you you know, if you feel like you have to say the same prayers as John D. did, or you have to do the Golden Dawn or the uh, Ordo Templi Orientis or, you know, sort of version of the thing, then, you know, maybe you don't have that variety to work with. But uh, it's interesting in that respect that they're, you know, you can kind of intend things different. It's like the, key, the, key, the keys represent spiritual interaction. So you can say that you're you know, evoking all these different things, or you can say you're evoking yourself in a memory, like, you know. That was like Crowley's position, wasn't it? That uh, maybe these spirits are part of our minds or subconscious minds, which is equally fascinating. Well, I, I, I to, think that quote kind of, kind of uh, what uh, wasn't, wasn't the actual original phrase that's, you know, you offer, uh, you do that to sort of, you, you evoke certain parts of your mind. It doesn't mean the beings aren't real. It's that that's yeah entirely what you're doing, and and that's and that's and that's why you know rather than just boogity boogity and all that, you you really want to have a balance. Um, well, the um the going the Ouija you you the Ouija board was sold as a way to speak to your uh, subconscious, wasn't it? Well, I I know I know it's. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. That it, it works like that, and it's like it's it's like the tarot cards. The, the you go to a psychologist and they pull out those ink blot things, and it's 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 like the same thing. So it doesn't make a all that much difference whether it's ink blots or cards. Um, well, I mean it does, but um, 
because the the prevailing thing there's that phrase isn't there like it's just imagination but yeah it dismisses the whole of the imagination and the subconscious and these amazing sort of deeper levels of the mind oh it's just imagination they want to brush it away don't they imagination is how we get things done that we're not yeah. doing we have these ideas and we act out these ideas and we think out the possibilities of these ideas that's how we get the deja vu thing is because we do this when we're waking and when we're apparently when we're asleep we probably do it better that we rearrange everything when we're asleep and you know so you when you're awake something that you figured out when you're asleep you don't quite remember it but you've you know, it's like, oh, this happened before. And it's like, but you probably figured out that it could happen. So. Yeah. Do you think back to Enochian, but this is, it's an incomplete, the whole is incomplete, isn't it? Do you, do you think there's much lost or do you think we've got enough to work it sort of effectively? Well, any of the five systems you could say of Enochian, you can, you can work by itself. And I've, I've, kind of proven that to myself but um there is a lot missing there could be whole books for every one of the you know every one of the 49 um because you know it's it sounds like it sounds like possibly most of what was is missing um certainly a lot of it was was destroyed in by burning and some other and possibly lost otherwise it's like wasn't the cotton the original cotton manuscript um that the that the true and faithful relationship wasn't that um literally found underground they didn't even know it was out I, there yeah i think it was unearthed somewhere wasn't it or found found somewhere yeah but do, do you think it's dark enochian is there a dark tinge to it because i know like Edward Kelly and uh, John Dee, they swapped wives, didn't they? Which was uh, quite a heavy thing to do back in those days, wasn't it? I mean, it broke two of the Ten Commandments, didn't it? Well, cert yeah. certainly. The, uh, oh, speaking of the Ten Commandments, I, I saw this interesting uh, stained glass window. I don't remember where it said this was, but... The hand of Moses was covering the number two, the no graven images. So they were um, basically making the graven image, hiding the gra uh, commandment of the graven image, which I thought was an interesting touch to it. But um, there's the, the sort of things that, that you know, John D and Edward Kelly in particular went, went through during the experience, you know, the, the beast that showed up when this, you know, this, this particular... Uh, little paragraph was on the table, the, the, the horned and slimy things and whatnot that showed up when that was there. The, uh, the, the horrible sensations like, like boils and bugs and, and dark, dark shapes and whatnot going around the room. Um, and the fact, and the fact that some of the beings were, were sort of trick, uh, tricksters. I do think there's different energies that came forward in the uh, different varieties like one of the things that i have done is i've taken all the varieties of the tablets which i don't see that anybody's done in one place but you know there's up to four for the 675 squares there's up to four different letters for each square and 
that was in different places. For the most part, it's the same throughout, but you know, there's some variation in each of those. Um, but there was sort of a tinge to it, just like I think with Joseph Smith, I, I have vascular migraines, so that gives me some insight in how some of that stuff worked, but it sounded like it kind of may have went beyond that in a little point. But the sort of entities that would not only say everybody else is wrong and you're going to be right and trying to prop you up with arrogance like that, um, that would lead me to question some things. But also the idea that year after year after year, I think, uh, you know, what, four years, and then he finally finally these beings tell him the information but basically they you know they suggest to him and then he whether it's psychosomatic or not it's it amounts to the same thing but basically the entities tortured joseph smith until he you know was was ready for it or until they just said okay you can have it now you can here's 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 the you know you're going to see what you're going to see and well i mean that that's not the words but you know what i mean so do, do you think Joseph Smith was a, an initiate then, do you think? Because a lot of people, I'm, I don't want to offend anyone, but well, a lot of people say he was a swindler, uh, didn't they? But, yes. Uh, well, he, he was a, but perhaps the, uh, you know, okay, there's eight different versions of the first vision story, whatever. Most people don't get things to, he may not have been terribly dishonest in that. Uh, he, he could, he could have been, but um I'm, I'm not negating that possibility, but I don't think it's necessary. I just don't think it doesn't have the authority over me, that sort of thing. Um, but later he became a... Now, the most dishonest thing wasn't per se with that. It was as a Freemason, and so, wasn't he like the Grand Master of Illinois or something? Then he had the temple ceremonies, which was basically his... his it's really a Baptist pros, uh, Presbyterian kind of church and basically the things particular to their group became part of the temple rituals which were really if you know about freemasonry it kind of they they it's obvious it's it's obvious where the format for the rituals came from and just like the fact that the the pearl of great price facsimiles the book of abraham and the stuff like this was divined it wasn't translated it was divined he looked at the pictures and tried to form a Christian story out of it, like a like a tarot card reader, sort of trying to direct yeah. message where he thought it, to direct it. Because um, that's one of the things that kind of took me out of the church is I knew all this talk about translation. And I mean, the the, the great cop, uh, the, one of the things that you weren't supposed to learn about until you got in the temple, translated as the great copulating bull without equal is like, Am I going to have to have sex with an animal? What's going on? Um, oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's, it's on the outer rim, the, the great copulating bull without equal and various stuff like this. And I'm like, but you can look at the pictures and make up a Christian story. And that sounds what, like what he was doing. Uh, that's interesting what you say, because I, I think that's that's the point of Freemason rituals. I think it's not actually the ritual itself. I think when Freemasons get together in this like very ordered environment and do these rituals, I think the point of it is what happens afterwards. Like maybe these rituals provoke dreams or like not prophetic or like instructional dreams. Like I, I think that's what Freemasonry is all about. So yeah, Joseph well, Smith. Aside, aside, that, aside that possibly, uh, you know, the net, the networking feature of the whole thing, 
Um, there was certainly, you know, the, the, any initiatic society, you know, you form that, you form that sense of uh, brotherhood or, or sisterhood or community or whatever. And that kind of, um, but, you know, it, it can build character and connections and, uh, you know, the fact, the fact that they kind of worked all these building guilds and stuff, which tended to be religious orders to begin with. Yeah. I could have an experience and it does, you know, you hear that, you know, Freemasonry was what opened their symbolic thinking. Yeah. You know, you're, you're wearing the apron and all that other stuff. They, you, you know, nowadays that when you make the gestures and stuff like that, they're really not going to cut open your bowels and, and, and your neck and all that other stuff. If you say something, but you don't want to say something because, you know, you've kind of, uh, you know, you no longer feel it's necessary. A lot of, that's what happens with a lot of groups is people think, I want to get into this and I'm going to expose it. And it turns out there's really not the thing to expose that they think. Yeah. Now, I've kind of done that to a degree. Uh, I mean, I didn't, it was psychological threats. It wasn't like I, so I swear I'm not, it's like, I say that these are your tenets, signing a paper that says, signing on the line and saying, I agree that these are the tenets of the group, isn't quite the same thing as saying, you know, I swear the curse of, uh, you know, or, or whatever, or uh, if I divulge these things, and particularly because they were being dishonest about the group. Um, you know, the, the basic beliefs that they kind of expect of a free, uh, somebody to be a Freemason, uh, you know, the architect of the universe and, uh, and, you know, um, that sort of, that, that sort of stuff. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's no secret. Um, but the misleading speech in this new age group that, uh, the, I mean, it, they literally called themselves a new age religion. That was like their subtitle for a while. And, you know, there's a, a lot of misleading. Oh, it's respect, but not worship. It's like, just admit you worship the guy and, and you're using these occult techniques and stop trying to make it sound like, oh, other groups are being a cult, but don't worry, we're not being a cult. Um, yeah, I mean, if honesty's not there, I mean, the whole thing just goes to support, doesn't it? I mean, and so, and some sick, uh, some some sick guy that's, uh, you know, I can't eat white bread, I can't eat dairy, I can't eat, uh, probably not meat, but probably just the antibiotics and stuff in the meat which does cause various short and long-term problems for people and i understand that i you know on both sides of my family dairy issues i mean most people get used to it they take allergy medication and you know just deal with the fact that their stomachs and stuff don't work as well but um and they don't live as long because eventually they get some serious problems or something but um you know, I, I understand those three things, but to say you're the most advanced, but I avoid these things. I don't eat the, I don't eat the bleach bread and all that other stuff. It actually throws my pH off to the point that it affects my, my, my blood, my lab results. I, when I quit, when I quit all that bleach food and start eating whole food, I, I saw in my lab results, drastic differences. And they didn't even think it's just, okay, here's some blood pressure medication. Here's this, that, and the other, they don't care about it's like psychiatrists, they don't care about chemical imbalances or else they get your labs. They would address the chemical imbalances via your labs. Uh, back in the 90s, they kind of, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling off, I think, but uh, <laughs> back in the 90s, they started coming up with these drug use syndromes to say, we can't diagnose you with the following mental illnesses because they're drug use syndromes. If you're drinking five cups of coffee a day, 
Maybe you don't have ADHD and depression. Maybe we need to see what you're like without coffee for at least five days now. Um, but people don't do that. Um, back in the 1950s and 1940s, there's, there was even the literature about the white bread and stuff like this causing as serious as schizophrenia. And But they just want to drug you down to a certain state. They just want a diagnosis and I think women have got the harder hit with this one because it seems like every other woman is diagnosed with, with uh, borderline personality disorder yeah. or bipolar or something. And I'm like, I just thought that's how women were. I, I didn't, I wasn't terribly critical. Um, it was just how most of them were. That's, that's what I thought. But now it's, now they, you know, people are taught to feel like they're mentally ill. And I'm like, Oh, what are you, no. what are you speaking about medical and, uh, and food and stuff? I, I was reading a thing the other day. They, um, a scientist now thinks that um, Parkinson's could be related to gut. To, could be related to the gut. It could actually be related to food. Um. Yeah, there there are there are effects on the various neurotransmitters by you know what's what's done. There's long term. Uh, part of the problem with some of these is there's long term effects. It's like. It's like coffee and Alzheimer's, uh, the coffee link to uh, the the caffeine link to Al Alzheimer's. I mean, caffeine's okay as a as a as a surface chemical, but when it's inside you, it's aside from flushing your bowels, it doesn't really have too much in terms of long term benefit. And, but the interesting thing about coffee, if you know this one, is that rather than uh, than an overall uh, negative effect on your energy levels and stuff, if all you do is smell the coffee, it actually has a slightly positive effect in terms of that um that doesn't go away like you know the crash is bigger than the thing with the regular caffeine yeah going back to dementia i think they should do a study that i'm convinced that a lot of dementia cases are people who watch tv too much you know um, i think like that's I probably think causes it. they've tied certain aspects of well okay Sheer fiction, you don't use as much of your brain as you do when you, reality, mythology, whatever whatever it is. Um, I mean, mythology definitely, it represents reality. You know, it has a meaning and a purpose. It doesn't mean it's not true. And, but and anyways, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you know that. But um, one of the factors that shortens people's lifespans is anything over 40 decibels is actually bad on the heart. You don't want to be, ex we're meant to respond like, okay, either hide from the storm or the animal or, or I got to fight someone or something. Um, so we're not meant to be exposed to this. That's why they say the people who wipe off their shoes and maybe even take off their shoes before going to the house, that reduces the vacuuming and that increases the lifespan. And there's been vacuums around long enough to show that that alone shows a difference. And that's part of why I don't think there's for the first time in a century and a half, as of a couple years ago, there's no one alive that's 140 years old. Because we, yeah. we we get old and we get exposed to all this vol the, the the volume is a, a huge factor in our on our health. It's uh, um it's like I'm I'm a music therapist in in a, in a way of saying uh, pretty much entirely myself. But um, you know I I try to use it to cause a certain uh, a certain set of effects. And, but, you know, the, the, the volume associated with that, uh, you know, it's, it's not like you, uh, I, I've seen people 
all over the place, and there's certainly exceptions. But it's like when they have when they have their time off of work, they're more stressed and stuff at the end of the day than if they actually went to work because they just listen to, you know, they're entertaining themselves to death more or less. But the, uh, you control your stress level, but again, you raise it overall when you aren't careful with these things. I know about sound, like when, when I'm walking outside and it's very windy, I know that that really like annoys me like intensely, you know, the wind's just blowing in my face and that sort of, you know, the, the sound of the wind. And yeah, I think there's something to that. Definitely. Yeah. Well, well you're, you're familiar with the frequencies and old houses and the, and the haunting sensation. Yeah. Right? No frequencies. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, I've, I remember uh, earlier in the, uh, I, I think of it as last year, but, uh, you know, earlier in the year when they had that, oh, no, these idiots are going to try to actually raid a government, uh, one of the one of the most armed military bases in the world. Yeah. Um, not raided all, but one of the things they tried to pull, aside from the chanting, uh, I mean... You know, go back to your mother's basement chanting that you're going to ha bring out the aliens so we can have sex with them. What did they hear that one off of Sodom and Gomorrah stories? But, um, but people were saying that, you know, oh, we would have done it, except the uh, they had electro, uh, the, you know, they had electromagnetic weapons that made us afraid. And it's like they lined up tanks where there wasn't anywhere where you weren't going to see a tank there. It's like, what's what's the and they told the crowd what the tanks were for. It's like, if any of you, if more than one or two of you try to cross the lines, these are what the tanks are for. And they posted, uh, uh, someone posted on the uh, Air Force website, you know, here's the plane. If you actually come in a city full of people after us, we're just going to, they, they, they literally cleared out employees to, to prepare to do that sort of thing. But I, I mean, I've made my point about the, uh, false claim that it was energy weapons or something, but yeah. Uh, have you got any more questions, Hemi? I'm, I've been up for like 24, 24 hours. <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying this talk, but we've been we've been going, going we've blank, been going for two hours, two hours in total. It's generally about our limit, isn't it? I, I'm I'm enjoying this talk immensely, but my mind's just going blanker and blanker. <laughs> uh we can we can we can always have uh have uh jay for back another an, another day can't we yeah maybe maybe we'll get get a couple of topics together or something it's been like an enjoyable sort of roam around the roam around um uh various topics yeah yeah we co we covered some ground didn't we <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not quite the usual ground but it was good ground Right, so are we are we calling it there then? Uh, I, I just can't speak anymore. My mind's gone. My mind's gone. You know. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a pretty rough day too. <laughs> so we're gonna go. Um, Jay, for if you if you want to if you want to plug yourself, where can people find you? Have you got any books out or anything? Just let everybody know. Uh, uh, well, I, I had an I had an anti conspiracy article published in. Uh, Quran's on four by Martinet Press, but uh, for the most part, just my just you know just just my Twitter account and and my uh, I mean that has some you know comments from stuff, but uh, 
but my you know my YouTube page is pretty much uh, what I'm operating right now. I'm. Oh, I didn't know you had a Twitter. Could can you say your uh, address or your Twitter address? Or... It's 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 the it's the same thing. Uh, J A E F A R S A B N W, which you know the last part happens to be an abbreviation, but that's I mean there's no dots in that. All right, I'll look that up. Yeah. And that's you know, and that's that's YouTube, but uh, yeah, uh, you know that. I got deplatformed from the fa from the Facebook uh, from the Facebook after I was maintaining over twenty thousand followers, but uh, that was that was disappointing. I don't know. It's it's a shame my YouTube hasn't gotten anywhere near that big, but I mean I do affect some people, so that's that's what I'm in it for. As long as I can, you know, as long yeah. as I'm not the only one going through my material. <laughs> I suppose that's what we're trying to do here. Just have a like free form, uh, free thinking sort of thing, and yeah. Well, yeah, that we that certainly keeps it uh, that certainly keeps it authentic. I don't want to be one of these guys officially plugging as part of the show. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, not that I wouldn't mind making money from do, uh, from doing media, but uh, some of that just seems, you know, it, it takes the integrity from the thing. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, well, we we just do it that, like if we've if we've had a guest on, just let our people know where they can find you if they enjoyed your content. Yeah, I I you know I have a bunch of lists. I some stuff I'll do stuff like on a yearly basis. Some stuff more. So don't get overwhelmed by the sheer number of videos. Look up a playlist. Look up a look up a subject. I've pretty much covered at least a broad form of anything I could think of spiritually. Right. So that'll be us for yeah. tonight. Night. Oh, do you want to say night zero? Yeah. Yeah. It's great talking to you, Jafer. Yeah. I will be watching your videos. Yeah. And I, I recommend other people do as well. Yeah. Great. So yeah. Bye everyone. Bye. So, bye. bye all.